It's now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant, located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Give my man a call, 201 uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Give my man a call. Too many scotches tonight watching a great fight. Give my man a call. 912-268-2328. That's 912-268-2328. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by, you guessed it, my book, Tom Molino from Bondage to Better Man of the Planets can be available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy while you're watching or listening to this very show. Just go to bondsandnoble.com or amazon.com or you can go to our website, uh, and uh, click the book itself. And today's show is being brought to us in part by Ginnico USA. Why? Because that's our 24-hour, seven-day-a-week uh, boxing channel. It's available through Ginnico USA on all the major streaming devices. Well, listen, a fight just ended. Uh, Sean Porter, Errol Spence Jr., what a fight. All night long, I kept hearing about Oh, these fights are like uh, back in the day, and they show Sugar Ray Leonard, Tommy Herms, Oscar De La Hoya, Tito Trinidad. Okay, two classic fights. Then they sprinkle in Mayweather Pacquiao. Come on, that wasn't a classic fight. It had meaning, but it wasn't a classic fight. And certainly, Keith Thurman and Danny Garcia uh, was not a classic fight. But I got news for you, boys and girls. Sean Porter against Errol Spence Jr. was a classic fight. What an exciting fight. In case you missed it, the official uh, scores were 116-111 for uh, Spence twice. And uh, Larry Hazard Jr. had a 115-112 for Porter. I scored it 115-112 for Spence. There was a lot of close rounds uh, in the fight. I thought it was a great fight. Uh, I uh, don't know what else to say. I, you know, I, I give Sean Porter a lot of credit uh, for that fight, he was uh, basically, basically he lost the fight, I think, because of his father's game plan. You know, he kept telling his son, you know, uh, Kenny Porter kept telling Sean not to worry about working the body and go for the head. I can't understand it. I would have clearly tried to uh, work the body on Errol Spence Jr. to try to slow him down a bit. Errol Spence Jr., on the other hand, did work the body of Sean Porter, and I think that that uh, accumulated and wore Sean Porter down, which normally he doesn't do. The other thing I didn't like about uh, the fight, at, at it's not the fight itself, but some of the uh, contributing factors, was uh, Jack Reese. You know, I, listen, Spence deserved to win the fight. Okay, the knockdown in the 11th round was, was classic, uh, although, you know, uh, Porter didn't seem to uh, roll around on the canvas. I mean, he was up quicker than I even noticed that he went down. Uh, but I, I think that um, Jack Reese should have warned, at least warned Spence for the low blows. There was a lot of low blows. I mean, let's face it, there was a lot of low blows in this fight. And I don't like Jack Reese. Everybody thinks he's a great referee. I don't. I do like the fact that he let them fight. But what I don't like is he clearly was a favorite for Errol Spence. Even when he breaks up the two fighters, he always pushed uh, Sean Porter. I can't stand when he does it. But at the end of the day, it was a great fight. Great fight. It was actually a great card. I'm not so sure it was a pay-per-view card. I mean, maybe by today's standards... But what I was used to uh, back in the day, pay-per-view, that was like, uh, you know, all great fights. We did have some great fights. Uh, just to get you caught up on the pay-per-view side, Josito Lopez, one of my favorite fighters at 35 years old, for 36-year-old John Molina Jr. And uh, uh, Josito Lopez uh, improved to 37-8 and eight with 20 KOs uh, when... Uh, 
the fight was stopped. Um, the referee stopped it at 39 seconds in the eighth round. Uh, the other fight, Mario Barrios uh, going, up, going up against Petir uh, Akhamedov. Um, you know, I, I, to tell you the truth, I didn't know. I, I didn't think that that fight went the right way. I, I, 114, 112, 115, 111, 116, 111, all in favor of Mario Barrios. I didn't score that one, but I got news for you. I thought Akamumov, Akayemi, Abinoble, I thought he won the fight, uh, or at least uh, it was a draw. Mario Barrios got beat up pretty bad. Those scores uh, were not justifiable in my uh, opinion, but nonetheless, Mario Barrios improves to 25 and 0 with 16 knockouts, and uh, Batir drops for the first fight of his career. He's now uh, seven and one. Uh, Anthony Durrell against David Benavidez. It was an anticlimactic fight, but what a gross, vicious cut that was. I do give Anthony Durrell a lot of credit uh, for not quitting. I mean, his eyelid was hanging off. Uh, pretty gross, if you ask me. Uh, but David Benavidez, uh, Benavidez, I'm sorry, uh, regained uh, the world title. He's now the WBC uh, World Super Middleweight Champion. He improved to 22 and 0 with 19 knockouts when he stopped Anthony Durrell. The official time was one minute and 39 seconds of the ninth round. Durrell's corner stopped the fight, uh, which uh, I thought was uh, a smart move. That eye lid cut was viciously bad and uh benavidez honestly i think he could have uh, uh gotten to uh anthony drell sooner um I, you know he he does stand up straight the announcers are saying how how he uh, stood up too straight and i think he did you remember something anthony drell uh was 34 years old 22 years old for david benavidez but uh back to errol spence and sean porter what a fight uh errol spence you know, he wasn't able to show me, uh, you know, great boxing skill in that fight, but he did show me poise because that was a rough and tumble fight. I mean, let's face it, boys and girls, uh, that fight was uh, nonstop action uh, from the opening bell uh, right on until the final bell. Uh, I do believe that, in, on, at least on my scorecard, I do believe that the uh, knockdown uh really uh changed the complexion of the fight uh i like i said i scored at 115 uh 112 uh so uh, uh that's what uh i did anyway but uh uh in any event um i you know i i thought that um for the most part it was uh it was a it was a good card i mean i i really can't uh uh complain i i thought that um you know it was entertaining and um, you know it was um, uh, it was a it was a fight card that I wish we saw more of, to be honest with you. Um, but uh, uh, in any event, um, you know some other things I noticed. Uh, it was good to see the sold out crowd. Um, that was uh, uh, extremely uh, you know encouraging to see. Um, you know we get. Uh, uh, a sold-out crowd in California uh, for uh, a, a world title fight like that. Um, the other thing, too, would I, I you know, I, did, did, did the whole Deontay Wilder thing get you as sick as it did for me? I, I don't know. Uh, but the one thing, I, you know, I, I have nothing against that um, uh, whole broadcast except that Heidi uh, Andro, I, I thought she was... Uh, uh, kind of poor, but uh, anyway, the fight itself was great, and uh, joining me right now, I think, uh, is the one and only Sal Rocky Senecola. Sal, what'd you think of the fight? Billy C, pretty darn good fight, I'll tell you what. Um, it was uh, Errol Spence, good boxer, um, classic, you can't say enough about him, and then, you know, Sean Porter, he gives you every punch like it's his first and last, and, and that's that's the kind of fighter I love to watch. I mean, it was action, it was action packed, Sal, and you know, all night long they were comparing the great uh, welterweight fights. They they threw in Sugar Ray Leonard, they threw in Oscar De La Hoya against Tito Trinidad, Sugar Ray Leonard against Hearns, 
they they had the the gall to put uh, uh, Mayweather and Pacquiao and Keith Thurman Garcia in the mix. But I will tell you, the Spence Porter fight, in my opinion, Sal, kind of reminded me of those great fights of yesteryear. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, and that was so right on what you just said, Bill. And, you know, where these fighters gave it all up for the thrill of victory. They didn't care. They weren't afraid to um, keep it in the gas tank. And they just went at it. And they deserved my applause. And they got it. I'll tell you, unbelievable. So one thing I, I noticed in the fight that I disagreed um, with uh, with Sean Porter's uh, team and some of the uh, instructions that Kenny Porter, Sean's father and trainer, gave him, he kept saying over and over, and, I, and the first couple of times I thought I misheard him, but he said it so many times. He was telling Sean not to work the body and to go for the head. What's your thoughts on that? I think it cost him the fight. Yeah, I think you're 100% correct because, you know, Sean Porter, he's a deadly body puncher and when you take away one of his art it's not even it's not even so much that you you're taking away his momentum because when you're punching like that going forward you you have the momentum behind you and you're having a way to get through the fight in a good fashion for his uh, for his father to say that i really thought it was a miscalculation I agree. You know, um, they, he seemed to want him to go headhunting. Maybe he thought that Errol Spence had a suspect chin. But, um, you know, Sean Porter, as, as vicious of a fighter he is, he's still, with 30 wins, he still only had 17 knockouts. The knockout ratio uh, between uh, Porter and, and Spence was, was, you know, substantial. I, you can't compare Spence's opponents to the level that Sean Porter has faced, but I thought it was a mistake. I thought it was a big mistake, Bill, and just it, it showed to be true. I mean, Porter is a fighter that, you know, if you derail him or take away one of his assets, which moving forward in momentum and throwing punches and punches, you know, that's definitely his attributes. And uh, when you negate him from achieving that goal, you know, it, it's it's a tough, tough mix. And that's what cost him the fight, in my opinion. I'm going to be talking about this all night, and I got to get your thought. Jack Reese didn't warn Errol Spence for low blows at all. I thought that he threw excessive low blows in that fight. I mean, if there was only even three or four, I wouldn't have said anything. But there seemed like... You know, every other low, every uh, every other body shot he threw kind of was either on the belt or or strayed below. Do you think he was wrong, or am, am I overreacting? No, I think I think uh, I think he, he was pretty true with that. I think you know, again, like I said, when you have that momentum and you're moving forward, throwing punches and punches, and uh, maybe they're not all accurate, but that's why. You know, he earns the name Neutron. You know, he just he just blasts and blasts. I think that he, he uh, took his own fighter's tool and uh, hurt him with that by negating it. Sal, were you able to watch some of the other fights on the card? You know, I tried, Bill, and uh, I had a I had a little problem with my with my cable down here, and. Uh, it was going in and out, and I don't know if it was the internet, whatever it was, but we didn't get a clean program all the way through. Did you get the, Did you get a chance to see the Barrios against uh, Akimodov fight? No, I did not. I did not. It was It was at that point I said, "Wow, we're gonna have to struggle through this." But uh, did you see uh, Darrell and Benavidez? What were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, that was a good fight. That was a solid fight. That cut was vicious, yeah. huh? Reminded me of mine with 63 <laughs> stitches, you know? I tell you, his eyelid was, it, it was like the eyelid was separated. It, it was it was pretty bad. I I, I give uh, Anthony Durrell credit for uh, even fighting as, as long as he did. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Sal, but before I let you go, what do you think is next for Errol Spence? I mean, uh, should he... 
uh, try to uh, fight a, a Manny Pacquiao? Should he, uh, you know, he was talking that he wanted to fight all the best uh, uh, welterweights out there and uh, then move up in weight. Um, do, do you think he's going to be true to that? Do you think he's going to look for these big fights? Or do you think he's going he's gonna to take a lesser uh, opponent in his next time out? No, I don't think that's his makeup. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe one fight just to keep loose and do things, but uh, not not a not just a gimme fight, but uh, I think he's going to have to uh, look for the challenges he's looking for. I mean, he he's a he's a great athlete um, and he's going to be a big welterweight. But I think, you know, his his time at welterweight 147 might uh, might be in his you know might might be uh short-lived so we'll see sal i appreciate you staying up so late and uh giving me your thoughts uh next week we'll be back regular time so uh uh we hope to get you to be part of the show next week as well my man you got it buddy if you have anything you want to talk about in between just let me know and i'll look forward to the next time i Get to talk boxing with Billy C. Well, you know, I'll, bu- I'll bug you during the week, brother. <laughs> All right, man. All right. You got it. Go get some Take rest. Get some rest. Yeah, I will. Thanks. All right, Thank man. You, man. Take Bye-bye. care. That's Sal Rocky Senecola giving us his thoughts. Uh, listen, I'm going to take a short break, and uh, when I come back, uh, we're going to have Dax Khan on. We'll get uh, his thoughts uh, of uh, a great welterweight unification fight that uh, just ended between uh, uh, Errol Spence Jr. and Sean Porter. Don't go nowhere. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. We just uh, uh, got done watching the uh, great uh, unification welterweight fight between Errol Spence Jr., and Sean Porter, and joining us now, and uh, just so he knows, we do have the camera working now, uh, is my man uh, Dax <laughs> Khan. What's up, Dax? Happy Sunday. Hey, happy Sunday to you. I, You know, I'm saying to myself, oh, man, this is going to be a late one. And the next thing you know, oh, we have a broken uh, rope that we're dealing with. I was like, oh, my God, you know. but uh, You know you, you know me, Bill? I don't drink at all, not even on special occasions, but... I just feel like, you know, one of them old uncles who've had too much to drink and just have to say it out loud and they don't care whose feelings they're freaking hurt. This shit doesn't happen when it's an Eddie Hearn card on Matchroom, on uh, The Zone. Okay? We're we're, we're in bed by 11 o'clock. I know. (laughs) They're usually in Europe, though. But what's your thoughts on the fight, man? It was a very good fight. You know, it it was no denying it. It was a very, very, very good fight. Um... So many people really thought, for whatever reason, that Errol Spence was going to blow out Sean Porter. Why? I don't know. We spoke about it on the show many times. I said that that physical style of Sean Porter is going to really uh, be what throws Errol Spence off, and that's you know that's what happened tonight. You know, um, Errol Spence, if you noticed, he was not used to the fact that, or he didn't just feel comfortable with the fact that Sean Porter just kept coming, coming, coming. And, you know, again, we spoke about that saying that was going to be, you know, the answer on, you know, Errol Spence, exactly how evolved is he right now? This is definitely the uh, the best opponent he's ever faced. The one thing that I did notice Errol Spence really did not like is the times that he was able to close that gap, Sean Porter would catch him with that hook and Errol Spence would right away step backwards. Did you notice that? Um, you know, Errol Spence got caught with a couple of shot stacks that um, clearly rocked him. But I, you know what I can't get past? I can't get past um, the fact that his father was telling him not 
to uh, to work the body. I, I found that awfully strange. I did too. You know, it was just the corners, you know. I, I just, you know, I don't even try to figure out corners anymore, Bill. The only time I really comment on corners is when they do something really disastrous like we've seen in, in fights earlier. You know, Errol, there was no reason why that Errol Spence should not have went out there and just stayed composed and fought his fight. But again, I'm not taking anything away from Errol Spence. He's a fantastic fighter. He has a lot of skill. He still has improving to do. This was the toughest fight to date. How he rebounds from this is what we're going to know exactly what Errol Spence Jr. is made up of. I had Sean Porter winning the fight, 114-113. Um, Dougie Fisher from Ring Magazine, he had that score. A few people had it, 115-113 for Sean Porter. You know, and I don't see anything where Errol Spence, you know, in the opposite direction. What really drove me nuts were so many people, and some that even came to, um, who follow us on Twitter, swore that Errol Spence Jr. pitched a shutout. I don't know about that. I, there was a lot. Listen, I'm looking at my scorecard. And rounds one, two, three, um, rounds eight, nine, and ten, in my opinion, could have gone either way. You know, I mean, I, I scored the fight 115-112 in favor of uh, Errol Spence Jr. And, you know, I, some of those closer rounds, I could see giving it to, to Sean Porter for his activity level. But in those same rounds, I thought that Spence connected with a couple of harder shots and when he landed his punches he landed flush there was no question about it sean porter the same problem that's haunted him his whole career dax um he uh you know at times doesn't uh, uh at times he he just doesn't uh land the right shots in in my opinion anyway and that's always been his style and we spoke about that too um matter of fact the Keith Thurman fight, a fight that Sean Porter controlled at least 80% of the time, but because he wasn't landing clean, that, you know, he didn't get the credit for all that pressure with Keith Thurman on the ropes. But what you didn't hear any uh, credit being given to Sean Porter tonight was for the many times he made Errol Spence miss, did you notice he ducked a lot of those punches, and anytime he was getting to the ropes, he would turn off those ropes, and he wasn't getting any respect for that, at least from the broadcast team. I want to... I have one major uh, concern, and, and I wanted to ask you your thoughts uh, about this. I thought it was awfully strange that Kenny Porter was telling Sean not to work the body and to go to the head. I think that that cost him the fight. What's your thoughts? It could because, you know, Sean would have uh, you know been throwing punches in more spots, and Errol Spence, considering he was already tentative a lot of the times, most likely that would have made him more tentative, and if anything, would have made Sean Porter's, Porter's night easier. Did that really cost him the fight? No. What cost him the fight, in my opinion, was that knockdown, even though he got right back up and he wasn't hurt. But on my cards, you know, if I had to switch it around and I had Errol Spence winning 114-113, it would have been that reason. But I just think that um, Sean Porter won a few more rounds, and, you know, the knockdown, by the time that came, Sean Porter had done enough to put those into the bank. Those rounds that you say where Errol Spence landed the cleaner, harder shots, I agree he did on those, but Sean Porter in those rounds pushed him back a lot of times. And not saying that while doing that, he was actually beating up Errol Spence. It's just he was controlling. When you're making the bigger guy, the guy who's used to always coming forward and controlling things, go backwards while you're coming forwards, it doesn't matter how accurate you're being as long as he's not being the guy who's putting on the pressure and setting the tempo. You're winning the round. All in all, I thought it was a, uh, I, I thought it was a good card. Uh, I really did. All in all, I thought it was a good card. Starting off... Uh, it was, it was get, a very good card. One well, last thing on, on Spence. This is only going to make him better in the future because, you know, he had to go for the first time in his career 12 hard rounds. Not just 12 rounds, but hard rounds. It's a learning experience. So this isn't taking anything away from Errol Spence. Errol Spence is going to be better. I just think Sean Porter's stock has risen. I don't think that we should have to see Errol Spence against Danny Garcia, which is the rumor. So, you know, let's see what happens from here. But we should appreciate the fight we had tonight. Uh, speaking of appreciating fights, what was your thoughts, Josito Lopez against uh, John Molina Jr.? Uh, typical Josito, Josito Lopez, loved the guy. Uh, he wins the fight. The referee stopped the fight 39 seconds in the eighth round. Um, you could have made an argument that the fight could have been stopped sooner. That Molina was taking some shots, but uh, but he is a warrior. Absolutely. You know, 
this these two guys are what we talk about a lot of times too. And you know, Sal, who was just on, speaks about it with us. Not everybody has to be elite to be an exciting fighter. You just want to watch. Josecito Lopez and John Molina, they've never won the big fights, but you know something? They always make for good fights. They did that tonight. Unfortunately, though, I think this is John Molina's last fight. I hope it's his last fight. And uh, as for Josecito Lopez, I think he might have been able to get himself one more high-profile fight. Not that he's going to, you know, be a champion, but I think, you know, it was good for his career. It was a great fight from, you know, start to finish. But did you notice, or is it just me, John Molina looked really, really, really sluggish against Omar Figueroa, who can make just about anybody look sluggish because of how many punches he throws. But John Molina tonight looked like he just had his feet and his fist in the cement. The thing, um, the thing about John Molina is John Molina usually takes a couple of rounds to get going, and Josito Lopez didn't give him that opportunity. And uh, I think from that very first round when he was down twice that uh, he never really fully recovered, even though he did land some uh, hellacious shots uh, as the fight moved on. Moving on to the other fight, Mario Barrios against Petur uh, Akamidov. Um, I thought Akamidov got robbed in this fight. What was your thoughts? I think everybody thought Akhmedov got robbed in this fight. Um, you know, Akhmedov was the guy that nobody knew. He was coming in here to be the B-side. He was the upset guy. But, you know, this is boxing bill. And sometimes a guy can walk into the ring. And before the bell rings, he's already down two rounds. And that's what we've seen in this fight. 114-112, 115-111, 116-111 with a way to three judges scored it. And, yes, he hit the canvas twice. But I still had it at the, at the worst, a draw. And that's everybody... Um... You know, I spoke to a few uh, trainers and stuff tonight online, and that's what they said. They said, you know, at worst it could be a draw, but, you know, pretty much anybody with any common sense had Akhmedov winning the fight. But, you know, this is boxing, and depending on what type of night the judges are having, Bill can also, you know, so far too often we see that affect what type of night the fighters are having in the, in the ring. Akhmedov had a very good night tonight, but the judges didn't, so Barrios walked out with a better night and a belt. Yeah, sometimes it makes it obvious that uh, they're going with the promoter. Now, for a fight that I know that uh, uh, we both had some interest in, Anthony Durrell against David Benavidez. Benavidez wins the fight uh, when uh, uh, they stopped it uh, due to that cut, pretty much. I mean, he was taking some shots. That was a vicious cut. What was your thoughts of the fight? I've been, you know, you've been, you know, I've been high on Benavidez for quite a while up until the, you know, the cocaine incident. And I've never been really high on either Darrell brother. Anthony's always been, you know, the one I, I like a little more. But he really proved tonight that, you know what, he's, he, he has heart. You know, he's willing to fight, you know, for whatever he has to, you know, to get a win. We've seen that in the Saki Albika fights, actually. So, unfortunately, you know, for him, that cut kind of, you know, derailed him tonight because I think he was going to retain his title. David Benavidez, not living up to his potential. He still hasn't shown how to cut the – he still doesn't know how to cut the ring off, something we've seen in the Ronald Gabriel fight. I also think he lost that first fight. You know, David Benavidez, he didn't really pressure like we're used to seeing him. Um, you know, he gets hit too easy. I don't think his chin is granite. I think he's young, and I just think he thinks it's granite. So David Benavidez, I like him. He can be exciting. He does have a future in the sport. But he's going to have to change a little bit. Other than that, Bill, I thought, you know, that fight actually uh, lived beyond expectations. And I credit Anthony Durrell to that because I didn't think Anthony Durrell really had it in him to go out there and, you know, shine on the stage. But he did, and the cut is what derailed him. To tell you, uh, I, I tell you the truth, that cut was, uh, was vicious, man. It was, it, was, it was bad. It really was. And uh, I also, I, I'm with you. I give, him, uh, I give him a lot of credit as far as David Benavidez goes. Um, I agreed with Lennox Lewis. I think he stands up too straight. And um, he, he seemed awkward in, in there throwing punches. His footwork, he doesn't seem to have any. Um, he leaves his chin exposed. Uh, you know, he's young, but I, I don't see any improvement with him. I, I think no, he, I, I think he got Darrell uh, in trouble, and Darrell had to go to survival mode. And you know, I, I'm I'm not so sure. I I think he would have lost the fight, uh, but he certainly wouldn't have had 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 an easy way of it the way he did with that uh, with the eyelid bouncing around. And yeah, of, of course, that's going to give any fighter the advantage, but. Um... Not to sound too harsh on Benavides, 
he doesn't really have a big amateur background. I think he only has about 15 or 16 fights. So a lot of the stuff that we see are just amateurish mistakes, you know, um, almost novice level mistakes with the standing up and not being able to cut the ring off, not being able to work behind the jab and so on. So, uh, you know, where his future is, I don't know. Um, if the PBC keeps all their stuff in-house, we can most likely expect David Benavides to uh, face Caleb Plant for a unification fight. Right now, I don't think uh, Callum Smith is over across the other side of the pond worried at all about any of these guys over here. Um, one thing, uh, just to jump off of the uh, topic of the fights tonight, uh, and the only reason why I ask you is because you, you were ringside for his last fight, but it was announced earlier this week that Carlos Tecum, uh joined uh, Top Rank uh, as a co-promoter. Um, uh, rumor has it he, he might end up fighting Tyson Fury at some point, but... What a typical star boxing move. Why would these fighters do that? I mean, with fighters like uh, Demetrius Andrade and Chris Algieri, etc., who who kind of followed the same path with star boxing, they end up, uh, you know, being in a deal where there's multiple promoters in their pocket. Um, I, could, you don't, I mean, Carlos Takam couldn't have done this without star boxing. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? The funny thing is that, Carlos Takam just signed with Star Boxing a week before that card. I know. That's my, that's, that's my point. Fast. I mean, it usually doesn't happen that quickly. That's my point. You know, <laughs> Star Boxing is, aside from the bad deals that you mentioned, you know, they're really good for guys on their way up. If you're not signing a long-term contract, so a guy like a Chris Algieri, let's say, or Demetrius Andre, once they um, are able to bring themselves to that next level, they can say goodbye to that promoter instead of being tied down. Both those guys suffered from that. Carlos Takam, they're a good promoter for a guy like that because he's at the tail end of his career and most likely he's not going to get these big fights against a, um, a Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua or Andy Ruiz or so on. So these guys are able to keep them busy, keep them making some money and uh, keep them winning fights. So this doesn't surprise me at all. Um, what would surprise me is to find out that um, Star Boxing still doesn't own a piece of his contract. <laughs> that, that's my point. You know, that star boxing will end up, uh, uh, you know, owning a piece of this guy's contract for, forever. That's just the nature of, uh, uh, of the way they one, sign it. One of the funniest things I ever heard with that is when Chris Algieri got the Manny Pacquiao fight and he was trying to hold out for more and maximize his purse. He knew his career wasn't going to be that long. And, you know, so they're teetering on that $1 million and Joe DeGuardia comes out. On social media, he comes out publicly saying, well, Chris Algieri's going to blow it. He doesn't know what he's doing. He needs to just take that million dollars. And I'm sitting there thinking, as he's saying that, no, Joe, you're just afraid that he's going to blow that fight and you're not going to make your 78%. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Dax, back to the uh, the big fight tonight. Where, where does uh, Errol Spence go next? Who, who Who's he going to fight? I would like to see Errol Spence fight anybody but Danny Garcia or another PBC fighter. Um, since he's not the uh, the Crawford fight, is going to happen. How about some new blood? How come? How about some of these uh, these young, undefeated European fighters, these Eastern European fighters, who, as we were talking about with uh, Best Butin before, they come over here and at these eight or nine fights, they're just they're you know they're sensational fighters. So uh, maybe Alexander Best Butin. Um, they got that other guy, uh, Kava Lukanas. I forget how to uh, pronounce his name. He's a former Olympian too. So you know this fight's out there for him that you know the public would like and um he would be able to grow as a fighter learn a little more than he did tonight but you know most likely we're going to see somebody from the bbc whether or not it's danny garcia whether or not it's the guy that uh, cleans the bathroom it's going to be a pbc recycled opponent well what we want and what's going to happen i'm just being realistic what we want and what's going to happen what what's your thoughts on manny pacquiao he did say that he would fight pacquiao i mean not that i feel that pacquiao should fight this guy but do you think that there's going to be pressure uh, to uh, to fight him? Of course there's going to be pressure to fight him because Manny Pacquiao, even at 40 years old, he's Manny Pacquiao. You know, the, the legend's name is on your resume. But um, Manny Pacquiao, on the other hand, too, because he's 40 years old and because we've seen him get hit quite often in the Thurman fight, even though he won, Manny Pacquiao seems like an easy pickings, and most likely he would be an easy picking, especially with the size differential, not only uh, the age differential. So I'm, uh, I, I really, um, I don't applaud that. You know, uh, I would expected him to have come out and called out somebody who was in their prime, somebody who would have given him a challenge, somebody that he may have just heard in the wind say, you know what, Errol Spence won't beat whoever it is and called that person out. 
you know, or at minimum, even though he knew it wasn't going to happen, mention Terrence Crawford's name. What about Sean Porter? Where does he go next? Sean Porter, his stock has risen. I think he's going to be in high demand, and I don't care who Sean Porter fights. I'd like to see him actually, him and Danny Garcia would be, a, uh, their rematch would be a good fight, or even uh, the Ugas rematch. You know, I, I don't know. You know, Sean Porter is always going to be in that mix. But whatever he does right now from here on out, fans are going to love it. Remember, tonight, he was the B-side more or less, and they were screaming his name in the middle of the fight. I know. I noticed that, and I loved it. But uh, Dax, appreciate you uh, staying awake and uh, giving us your thoughts, and we'll look forward to you next week, brother. All right, now it's time for me to start my paper out. That's <laughs> I know. it's My alarm's going to go off. I'm going to have to wake up soon. So, All right, brother. Take it easy. That's uh, Dax Khan giving us uh, his thoughts. And, uh, you know, I, he's, uh, he's right about, um, you know, the fan base and, and you know, how they, uh, how they switch. And they were cheering, uh, um, you know, Porter's name during the fight. But uh, nonetheless, it was a, uh, uh, an excellent uh, fight. And um, I was glad that uh, uh, I was glad that we uh, got to see it, um, especially, uh, uh, how it turned out. So, uh, in case you're uh, wondering uh, what uh, uh, what happened with the with the fight, um, we did have a uh, ex- excellent fight uh, to uh, uh, to go by. Anyway, and I'm, I'm 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 I have Alex on the line right now, Alex Papali, and I'll get you uh, I'll get your sh- your camera shot set here in a second. But uh, what was your thoughts? Uh, on the fight, my man. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good night. Um, I went to the movie theater, and uh, I gotta say that uh, I think that's a uh, for me that's a, a, a like a better way to enjoy the fight. It's like an experience, you know. Um, it was fun, and the fight was really good. Uh, the whole card I thought was decent. Um, I, I think everybody. It was like talk about a way to to ruin a great night, announcing the Danny Garcia fight as the next one. It, the not only did the um, uh, what's it called uh, the live audience seem to groan, but um, the room where I was literally groaned. Uh, nobody wants to see that fight. That's really disappointing. Well, well, what was even more disappointing was all of the uh, all of the fights that Errol Spence said he wanted, <laughs> and uh, Danny Garcia wasn't wasn't in those in the list of names that he gave. Wait, you know, wait. you know. I mean, he was talking about Pacquiao. He was talking about moving up in weight, and uh, you know, he's talking about beating everybody that that was you know uh, a, a big name. And Danny Garcia was not in the mix, you know. But uh, uh, anyway, what was your thoughts? How did you score the fight? It was kind of like uh, she, uh, Heidi Androll was more like uh, Tiffany Coyne from uh, uh, Let's Make a Deal. And it was like the audience was like, oh, what's behind the door? Manny Pacquiao? Terrence Crawford? And then it's like, no, Danny Garcia. Yeah. Everybody's like, what? <laughs> um, I enjoyed the fight quite a bit. I thought that... Uh, I thought Spence sent a message to Crawford. I thought what he did was uh, he decided, I'm going to fight this guy's fight, and I'm going to out-rough him and out-tough him. I thought he did. I kind of lost track of my score, Um, so I don't know. I thought Spence won, but I, I only scored like the first six or seven rounds. I thought it was close. And then, you know, I'm tweeting. It's hard to focus. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> I do know what you're saying. I, it was hard for me to focus, too, uh, especially when the ropes broke on the ring. I was like, oh, I better get myself another one. But uh, but the the thing I is, is that... I fell asleep for a little while. Oh, God. I don't know how you do that. I mean, the, the, the card was actually pretty good. And all night long, first of all, Heidi Andrell is awful. I, I mean, you know, what I, I know she's, she's uh, 
attractive, not quite as attractive as the other one that was uh, sitting uh, with uh, uh, with Danny Garcia and Keith Thurman, she, and boom, boom, she was uh, boom, boom. But uh, uh, that Heidi Andrel, uh, she's got to go. She's just she's terrible. But all night long, they were talking about the great uh, historical welterweight uh, unification fights. They mentioned Sugar Ray Leonard against Tommy Hearns. Can't argue with that. Great fight. They mentioned Oscar De La Hoya against Tito uh, Trinidad. Can't argue with that. Great fight. Then they sprinkle in uh, Fayweather and Pacquiao. I'm like, eh, it should have been a great fight, but it was a snooze fest. And then Thurman Garcia. How did who? What did they pay to have them get talked to? And then. I'm sitting there saying, oh, now Spence and Porter's going to be a dud. And really, Alex, it wasn't. I think that it did live up to some of those great welterweight fights. Yeah, I definitely do. I, um, yeah, I kind of think that uh, it was kind of interesting because that one first fight, uh, Hearns-Leonard is amazing. But even De La Hoya-Trinidad was a letdown, if you remember. That fight was kind of a letdown. Um the uh but uh what's it called um this was fun um i thought sean porter has uh you know massive guts um and i think he kept trying all night long and i think um we did see moments where spence does look like the best welterweight in the world however uh i would have liked to see if he got a stoppage uh you know that he did get a stoppage but he didn't he came close Sean Porter, massive credit, because even that final knockdown, and when you saw the replay, my God, did his head spin. But he didn't even go all the way down. He just touched the canvas and went right back up. Um, We saw another amazing um, recuperative powers earlier in the night when uh, Molina got up from a body shot that I thought would have finished most guys. Um, So, yeah, it was a fun night. I did think the Molina uh, stoppage came too late. I thought that referee, I can't remember now who that referee was, but I thought he was way out of position too when it was very clear that, um, uh, you know, Molina, or maybe I've been thinking about the other, uh, because the same kind of thing happened with the Durrell fight. Um, Well, well, the the Molina fight was Roy Corona, and he didn't have any limes, so I think that that was 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 the issue. But yeah, but out of position for that. But but let's talk about the Durrell fight. That you know, I'm not a big. I don't like. I'm like Dax. I don't like either one of the Durrell brothers. I think they're bad for the sport. But I gotta admit that Anthony Durrell showed a lot of heart. That was a grotesque cut. And the doctor, what I was shocked about the most was that the doctor wanted to stop that fight. And the doctor's going, up, no, you got to stop it, you got to stop it. And somehow they overrode the doctor, which I, which I thought was strange. The woman doctor was in the corner saying, no, you, he can't go on. We got to stop. You got to stop this fight. You got to stop this fight. And let, let, they let him go on again uh, for, you know, another round. And uh, Benavidez, you know, shifted into, you know, second gear and uh, pretty much ended the fight. Uh, but uh, a gross cut, and I do give uh, Darrell credit. What was your thoughts on Benavidez's win? Uh, I thought that fight was interesting because the first few rounds, um, the uh, Benavidez was just like lumbering after him, um, and Darrell looked good, and Darrell was able to, you know, outquick him, but the thing about Benavides is he's big, strong, and young. So you knew if he could withstand those speedy shots, at some point he's going to come on. And that's exactly what happened and start using his physicality. Um, that cut was gross. Uh, I think we've had really nasty cuts, what, three, three weekends in a row? Um, but, uh, yeah, credit to him. And you're right. I thought, this corn, I thought the doctors were going to stop it. They were in California. The doctors can stop it there. Um, but you're right. They were sort of overruled. Uh, the other thing that I, I thought that, that it was interesting to hear Joe Goosen in the Molina fight. Um, and Jose Cito Lopez fought a great fight. I don't know, Billy C., to me that fight, you, 
Uh, I know you like fishing. To me, that fight looked like a uh, a, a good fishing, a good bout of uh, catching a game fish because it was real exciting in the early going. It was amazing that Molina went on, but it was mostly one-sided. A couple of times he struggled a little. He struggled a little on the hook. <laughs> but um, by the end, it, by the end, it got kind of sad, you know. And uh, it certainly ended in something ugly. Um, and it was interesting to me because Joe Goosen, when they went to the corner, Joe Goosen's like, oh, they should do the right thing and pull the plug right here. And then the, they let it continue. And he's like, ah, oh, they stopped it too quickly. Joe, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, he said <laughs> he was fighting back. He's fighting back. And then when he watched the replay, he goes, ah, I agree with you. It's Lennox, I agree with you. Lennox was ready to slap him around. He's going, I agree. I agree. That's right. Was, I was to credit to him that he did when he saw the thing. How about, how about when they showed you Ali and Norton with fooling around running? And uh, yeah. and Lennox that Lewis says, yeah, but Lennox Lewis says, Joe, you got a, a pair of shoes just like those, because he's he's definitely still stuck in the '70s and early '80s, Joe Goosen. But uh, uh, I, I tell you, I've never seen that photo. I'm definitely gonna do a Google image search for that. You know, that was- I never saw that photo either. Yeah, I never I- saw that photo. But uh, but anyway, Josito Lopez, uh, I love the guy, and and you gotta love Molina, but. You know, I, I started feeling, it's not even funny, but I started feeling for him when they kept going in on the corner and they're showing him and, the, and the, the, his corner man's talking to him and his, his mouth is kind of open and he's like, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> it was bad. It was terrible. I, you, Alex, you shouldn't be laughing. But, uh, but the truth <laughs> of the matter is, is that, you know, the poor well, guy, I hope he doesn't fight again, really. Well, yeah, and that was, I think we have a danger of that. When a guy hits really hard, we tend to say, oh, let him keep him, let him keep going because he could change this in one, in one shot. And that's true. But Jose Cito Lopez really fought the right fight. The jab was beautiful. Um, And the other thing about it was I think he knew, they knew each other so well. He knew he starts slow. So I'm jumping right on him. Yes. And he did. Yes. He really did. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, I agree with you 100%. And the game plan was uh, was to jump on him. And I don't think uh, Molina ever recovered. Then there was the Mario Barrios fight against Batura Akamidov. Or however, you, I, I know I'm killing this poor guy's name. Um, I, Mario Barrios is a fighter that I, I've liked and followed. But one of my biggest arguments with him was that he really never was tested early. Uh, he improved with the win uh, to 25-0. and 0. Um, But of his 25 fights, um, maybe, you know, three were against decent opposition. And I think it showed in this fight. And to be honest with you, I thought that the fight at the very least should have been a draw 114, 112, 115, 111, 116, 111 with a way to three judges scored it. And I couldn't help but think what Max Kellerman always says, which guy would you rather be after the fight? And looking at Mario Barrios, I'm like, man, man, he looked terrible. He looked, he was disfigured. I mean, he just did not look, and he couldn't even enjoy himself uh, with the win. And quite honestly, I caught a look of thank God I got this nod because I didn't think I was going to win. Oh, I absolutely agree, and I and I think that's the thing about boxing is that sometimes uh, even when you win, you lose. And uh, I do think that he's uh, he's going to be hurting tomorrow. Um, I think he was lucky to get the decision. However, I will say I had it for him. I had it one fourteen one twelve. I was very surprised because I thought Akhmedov is winning. But, you know, in the 11th and 12th round, I'm like, Akhmedov's got this fight. But then the knockdown came. Well, the knockdown, I had the fight six to six in rounds. Well, then you do the math, that's 114-112. So I was surprised. Um, I thought one of the scores was out of whack. And I think you're right. A draw would have been a lot more fair. Uh, but it certainly looked of of the two guys 
Who would you rather be, Max? You'd rather be Akhmedov, because yeah, there looked like uh, it looked like Barrios's face was broken. I always uh, wonder how these trainers uh, work when there's a language barrier, and you have the two Diaz brothers all animated in the corner yelling and screaming and then they're turning to the other translator tell him tell him to do it you know tell him tell him to do what he did the last round and they're like you're the, you're gonna be the champ you're gonna be the, tell him he's gonna be the champ you know it's like how do they it's got to be so hard i mean uh you know and for for everybody not just the trainers yeah. but for the fighters too because lost in translation you know you're telling them to work the body and the guy might say like that commercial, yeah, my my uh, my such and such language is okay, you know. It's like, you know, but uh, anyway, yeah. any. <laughs> I, I did. I really that fight was probably the most dramatic, um, and the the fight that you know it, it was, the one that it, it's it's a heartbreaker in a way because I did think Ekmedov deserved the nod, um, however. Um, it was it was very competitive, and the thing about Barrios that he did show was, um, well, the thing that Akhmedov showed was that it it was pretty amazing because he didn't like turn it on until he got dropped. Every round after he got dropped the first time, he was winning. So it was pretty incredible. Um, I don't know. It was a good fight. Um, I uh, enjoyed that one a lot. That that's uh, that's why I thought that the scores were out of whack, because he was down in the fourth, and he basically won every round after that, with the exception of the the twelfth round, which he was dropped. So if you if you take those two 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 point swing rounds, assuming you scored him ten eight, it should have come out a draw. Yeah. Yeah, see, I gave him one other. I had gave it one, two, three, four, five. I gave him the sixth. I gave Barrios the sixth. So, um, so. so knowing you, uh, the grotesque uh, uh, cut and uh, watching the eyelid, you kind of you kind of were interested in that a little bit, huh? Oh yeah, I love the close-ups of the uh, eye. Well, and that was the other thing that was absolutely amazing. You know, when you're watching on the movie screen. That cut is like maybe it's like maybe this big. <laughs> oh god! <Yeah. laughs> I tell you that cut well, on uh, my, on on my screen it looked it, it, terrible. It looked... I could I couldn't imagine what it looked like on a on a movie screen. Um, Alex, any final thoughts on uh, Errol Spence, Sean Porter? Um, I thought you know I, I thought it did deliver. I enjoyed it. I think that. Um, uh, for where we go from here will be interesting. I think um, Spence did, uh, if you look, compare his record to Crawford, Spence, Spence is a little more fleshed out, I think, that at this point than Crawford's is. Um, so I do think that... Um, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? I think that he's got a better record, and especially at welterweight. Um, now that he beat um, and see, I didn't think it was a split decision, but again, I, I didn't do the math. So, um, well, I scored it. I had the fight one fifteen, one twelve for for Spence. You what know, did Dax have it. Did, what did Dax say? I didn't catch. Dax that. had it. Da Dax had it in favor of Porter. Oh, he uh, did. Okay. But but there were a lot of close rounds. I mean, rounds yeah. one, two on my card. Rounds one, two, three, um, eight. Nine, ten, we're all could have gone either way. Could have gone either way, you know. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I disagree about uh, uh, your comments about Crawford. I, Crawford fought mostly in a different weight class, true. But I That's think I think Crawford. Uh, and and Errol Spence is the fight at welterweight. I, I think that's oh, the I two best that. fighters, and. You know, if they're going to marinate that. The problem with that is they're from different promotional outfits, and the Absolutely. PBC doesn't want to share nobody. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's really a bummer. And, you know, I was talking to the people sitting next to me that, you know, it's it's almost like it's pro wrestling where, um, you know, they're different leagues and they pretend, 
because I said to him, did you hear Terrence Crawford's men- name mentioned once? I don't think it was. And he's like, yeah, they pretend they don't exist. And I said, exactly. So it's unfortunate that that's the case. But No, they mentioned it. They mentioned it once. Oh, they did? When, okay. No, Errol did, saying he was going to fight uh-huh. him. <laughs> yeah. That was the only time That was the only time his name got mentioned, you know? Yeah. So uh, Well, see, good for him, because I think that's what has to happen in order to make these big fights, because it's the fighters themselves have to say, look, I know you don't want to work with whoever, but I want that fight. You so watch. Let's... He's he's going to end up, he hangs out with Adrian Broner and and that whole crew, the, the Charlo brothers. You watch. Uh, he's not going to live up to his potential. Something bad is going to happen with Errol Spence, and he's going to have to either turn it around or whatever. But uh, I, I just... You know, I thought I thought he showed us a lot tonight because Sean Porter's a tough out, and I do think it was his toughest fight to date. I I know he fought Kell Brook, but Kell Brook had already gotten his orbital other orbital bone broken by Triple G, so really I judge his performance against Porter, and I say he's his legitimacy is there, um, yeah. but now he's got to prove it that he can maintain. And fighting a Danny Garcia or some other, you know, uh, fighter trying to scratch his way back. And make no mistake, Danny Garcia was in a lower weight class too. You know, so fight a legitimate 147. And Keith Thurman, he's, he keeps talking like he's still, you know, the best. I, I, who cares? Both of those guys, I, I don't care about. Crawford is the guy that you would want him to fight, I, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I... I still would watch the uh, Pacquiao fight because it's amazing that he's still fighting, but I don't think it's a good fight for Pacquiao. Um, But that doesn't mean it won't happen. Before I let you go, um, it was in the news earlier this week. Nigel Benn, at 55 years old, is going to be fighting uh, Seiki Obika um, November 23rd in, in England. Um, what's your thoughts on that? It's, it's disturbing. Uh, how old is Saki Obika? Isn't oh. he old? He's got to be over 40. No, he, they, he, he's 40 right now. He might be 41 when, when they fight, but, uh, uh yeah, uh, it's not good. It's, um, it's sad. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where people say, well, if they pass the medicals, it's his body. I don't know. You know, he says it's not for the money. What's uh, it for? Well, it's sort of like when people say that didn't hurt, <laughs> and you know yeah. that you know when they get punched, they go that didn't hurt, you know, and you know that hurt. So him saying it's not about the money, he needs the money, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, he's got nothing to prove, and, and people are going to remember that, and it's a shame. But uh, Dak, uh, Dax, Alex, I did that to you last week too. Alex, uh, I appreciate you uh, staying up late and making the trip. And uh, we'll be making a trip soon. We'll be talking about that soon. I was waiting for your call all day today. Oh, sorry, never... <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, listen, my man, we'll talk next week, all right? All right, brother. Take care. All right. That's uh, Alex Papali uh, giving us his thoughts uh, on the big fight. I'm going to take a short break. And uh, when I come back, uh, we're supposed to have Emily Harney on, so don't go nowhere. Billy C will be right back. Now back to talking boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man! Hold, hold, hold on there, Jeremy, man. Uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way! I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C? Damn it! Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me! I'm Billy C. <laughs> <laughs> Crap. The undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And where? 
back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, I guess Emily is not. She's uh, it's pretty late, and I uh, she'll be back next week, I'm sure. And we did have uh, some experiments with the uh, new system with our cameras on our call-in guests, so that worked out well. So if you're just joining us, uh, what the hell are you doing up this late? But uh, we, we just. Uh, we're talking about the fight, uh, Errol, Errol Spence Jr. against Sean Porter for unification in the world welterweight uh, division. Errol Spence improved to 26-0 with 21 knockouts when he won a split decision uh, over Sean Porter. Uh, one judge scored at 115-112 in favor of Porter, while the other two had it 116-111 in favor of Spence. I scored the fight 115-112 in favor of Spence. Um, it was a close fight in terms of uh, rounds. Just so you know, I gave the first round to Porter. I gave the second and third rounds to uh, Spence. And then I gave the fourth and fifth round to Porter. And then uh, back to Spence with the sixth round. Uh, I gave uh, Porter the seventh. I gave uh, uh, Spence the uh, eighth. I gave Porter the ninth. I gave Spence the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. And there was a knockdown uh, in the 11th round uh, when uh, uh, Sean Porter uh, got dropped and, and was up immediately. But like I said uh, to Dax and Alex, uh, in my opinion, uh, there was a lot of close rounds that could have went either way. Uh, like uh, on my notes, I had round 1, 2, and 3, and rounds uh, 8 and 9. I'm sorry, yeah, eight, rounds 8, 9, and 10 all could have been uh, close uh, could have gone either way. There's six rounds out of 12. Half the fight could have gone either way. Uh, I thought Spence uh, uh, fought well. He was uh, fought exciting. This was uh, a great fight. It really was. Uh, Spence has the better boxing skill than Sean Porter. Sean Porter fights on heart and uh, fought again on heart. Uh, speaking about heart, the co-main event uh, featured a uh, world title fight between Anthony Durrell uh, and David Benavidez. Benavidez, if you recall, got his title stripped because of uh, he tested positive for drugs. But this night belonged to David Benavidez. He improved to 22-0 and with 19 knockouts uh, when he stopped uh, uh, Anthony Durrell. Uh, it was actually a, a knockout because the referee slashed Durrell's corner stopped it at 1 minute and 39 seconds of the ninth round due to a vicious, vicious cut uh, Darrell's eyelid was flapping around and uh, he started taking a, a beating from Benavidez Darrell drops to 33 wins, 2 losses and 1 draw with 24 of his wins coming by knockout and the pay-per-view uh, opened up uh, with Josito Lopez against John Molina uh, I said last week, you know, there's uh, 3 things for sure in life death, taxes and when Josito Lopez and John Molina uh, fight uh, you know, in other, separate fights, let alone against each other. It'll be action-packed. Uh, I knew that fight would be action-packed. And Josito Lopez, uh, knowing John Molina starts slow, jumped all over him, dropped him not once but twice in the very first round. Uh, he was down again in the seventh. And um, I thought that the, the doctor should have stopped the round, the fight. Uh, she uh, stepped in and said, you got to stop it, you got to stop it, you got to stop it. And they let it go. And then the ref finally stopped that at 39 seconds of the eighth round. Josito Lopez improves to 37 wins, eight losses, and 20 of his wins coming by knockout. John Molina drops to 30 wins, nine losses, uh, with uh, 24 of his wins coming by knockout. Hopefully we won't see him uh, in the ring again. He's had a good career. It's time to hang him up. And uh, Mario Barrios and Batur Akamidov uh, fought for the vacant WBA junior welterweight title. And uh, Mario Barrios uh, came out on top, 114-112, 115-111, 116-111. What a way that three judges scored it. This was a robbery, in my opinion. Batir Akhmedov, and I thought, should have won the fight if, if at the worst, should have gotten a draw. He was down not once but twice in the fight. But besides those two knockdowns and the very first round, I gave every other round to Akhmedov. So, um you know, uh, all in all, I thought it was a great card. Um, a pay-per-view worthy, I guess, by today's standards, uh, yeah. 
Um, a couple of things I wanted to talk about real quickly. Uh, some news. They announced that Deontay Wilder and uh, Luis Ortiz, the rematch on November 23rd, will be a pay-per-view. Um, I don't think that's cool, man. I, I don't know if that's a pay-per-view fight. I, I, I just Deontay Wilder is, is a champ, uh, but I don't think this fight's going to be as competitive as the first one. I really don't. Uh, but uh, they announced that. Apparently, Showtime, who's uh, was pretty much uh, foot in the bill for Wilder, they couldn't agree. It seems like Wilder and uh, uh, PBC were uh, getting a little too greedy, and they decided to do a pay-per-view. Um, Nigel Benn, like I was uh, talking to Alex about at 55 years old, will be fighting on November 23rd in England against Seiki Obika. Um, Dimitri Bivol will be defending his title against Lennon Castillo on October 12th in Chicago. That'll be on the uh, uh, zone. And speaking of uh, uh, older fighters, how about Yori Boy Campus? Uh, he's currently sitting on a record of 107 wins, 17 losses with three draws and 82 knockouts. He's 48 years old. He wants to fight one more time. And uh, they're trying to get that uh, uh, set up for him. So just uh, some news. I wanted to get out there, and uh, I just want to thank you guys for joining us uh, after this uh, fight. Uh, you know, I know it was late. We had the delay, plus it started late. But uh, anyway, for all of you, those of you that were smart enough to watch this show after you woke up, uh, you're smarter than I was. But uh, anyway, hey, listen, uh, make sure you tune in next time. Uh, same, Not the same time as this, but our normal time on the normal channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.